0: guys how are you guys i'm doing wonderful it is in the afternoon i'm in my office and i just got finished with a great coaching session with one of my clients and she was talking about how she is doing a new experience like we've coached through her value we've coached through how she wants to be treated and seen at work and how she wants to feel And because of that, she got offered a new position. And so she's going to the new position and there was both sadness and there was scared. It was funny because we've been coaching on allowing our emotions and being where you are. So she noticed that she was okay with the sadness, like a little tear came down, while she was out with the family, she didn't make it mean anything. And it was okay. Like, I'm sad. I just get to be where I am. And then after allowing for the sadness for a couple of days, not making it mean anything, she then felt the emotion of scared and immediately started shutting down and was like, oh no, I got to coach for a brick. This is a problem. We can't do scared which was so interesting to me because scared is an emotion just like sad was. But for her, she was making scared mean something is wrong. I'm not supposed to be scared. But she didn't apply that to sadness. Sadness was, oh, of course I'm sad. I'm leaving, I'm doing this, I'm leaving my team. So of course I'm sad. But she didn't go, of course, I'm scared. So I asked her, why do you have a red light on scared? But what's the light on sad? And she was like, there is no light. It's green on sad. It's just like, oh, I just maybe need to change the speed limit when I see sad. But there's no light. It's not even yellow when I see sad. Now, mind you, we've been coaching for about three months now. So that is an improvement because the old her wouldn't have even seen to know to allow sadness. But now we had to unpack what the scared was meaning. Why was she feeling scared and why was it a, she was like, danger, danger, Will Rogers, stop. Why was that the interpretation of this feeling and emotion a vibration in her body. And she tracked it back to like when she was little and like, you know, her mother, grandmother used to do some things and like scared was just like, no, we get through this, you gonna get through this. And so her interpretation of sadness, I mean, scared when she has it is she pushes it down, puts it in a corner, we are not gonna do that. And then she runs through it, like to get through it puts her head down and get to work. And I was like that's so interesting because how much of a toll it takes on your body running from your scared. Like trying to hurry up and get to the destination because I don't like feeling scared. What's the toll on your body by doing that? What does scared mean? And when we slowed it down, these were the things her brain was saying who do you think you are? You're not that smart. What are you going to do? These were questions that her brain was asking her. So I want to give you a little tip for this. And I want to ask you, are you, like my client was, having one-sided conversations with your brain? I want to tell you a story. (laughs) It's a funny story. I like making things personal when I'm talking. So I got married at 22. I met my then husband at 19. I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this story. I think he'll be okay with it because it it's proof of concept. He and I get along very well. We've been divorced for 20 years. There's no ill will. He's married. So I think he's going to be okay. But imagine me at 19. I am nothing like I am now, y'all like totally nothing. And when I tell you the story, you will see the example of this. So I met him when I was 19. We got married when I was 22. And when he met me, I was like in junior college school where he was getting his master's degree. He had been featured in Ebony Jet Magazine. And I like trying to get through English 101. Like I was on my fourth rendition of trying to pass English 101 at the junior college level. So, I looked up to him. He was the one who like introduced me to self-help. Like he gave me Zig Ziglar tapes and Tony Robbins. And so, I looked up to him. And when we got married, there was a point well. where as most marriages, we had an argument I can't even tell you what we were arguing about, but it was our first real argument. And he said some things and the way he said it, and he used all these big words, like y'all know me, like I don't use big words. And half of the words I use are mispronounced. And if you ever tell me your name, I'm gonna forget or I'm gonna mispronounce it. That's me, that's that's me. So we're arguing, right? And here I am 22 And like, this guy has been featured in Ebony Jet and he's my husband and I have nothing but adoration, honor, and respect for him, right? And we're arguing and he's saying some things and it's so organized and systematic and it's eloquent and he's using big words. And now it's my time to talk. Well, I didn't. I shut down (laughs) and I left the house with no shoes on, got in my car and started driving and crying and driving and crying. And I did this for about an hour and I finally ended up at my best friend's house. You know, that good girlfriend. Thank God for good girlfriends, y'all. Like, really? Thank God for good girlfriends. So I'm at my good girlfriend's house and she opens up the door and I'm crying and (laughs) and snickering and all of that. And she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, we had an argument. And she's like, okay. So I go in there and I tell her what he says. And I can't even remember what the, like, again, it's been so long. Like it was 40 years ago, but like, I don't know what he said. Okay, 30 years ago, cause I'm only 57. So maybe whatever you do the math. Okay. So, but he said this and he said that. And she's like, okay, well, what did you say? I was like, I didn't say nothing. And she's like, well, why not? And I said, because- What he said sounded like this is literally, guys, what I said. I was like, what he said sounded so good and he used big words. It had to be right. It had to be right. How many times, guys, do we do this with our brain? Our brain says some eloquent, logical shit. And it may even use big words and it may even bring up your past as evidence and it speaks and it has all the organized and it's like sounding so good. And we just leave (laughs) listening with no shoes on, going off, cowering in the corner, believing, like not even questioning because it just sounded so good and it's giving you all the evidence. Sometimes you need a good friend. And sometimes you need to be your own good friend. And guess what my good friend said to me? She was like, it's your relationship too. You have a say. I don't care if you split your verbs and use all kinds of slang. You get to communicate your point of view. Who cares what it sounded like? It's your relationship too. So when your brain is offering you some shit, like who the fuck you think you are, instead of cowering and like, "I don't know, you're right." And it starts telling you like remember when you did and da 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 and it starts pleading its case like a defense attorney using all the big words, don't go cry and run off. Answer it stop having one-sided conversations with your brain. Answer it. When your brain is like, who the fuck you think you are? It's like, I'm motherfucking Brick Johnson. That's who I think I am. Sorry, guys. But that's the energy in which I want you to answer your brain. I did this. I did that. Stop having one-sided conversations with your brain. Matter of fact, Tell your brain what you're doing as opposed to listening to your brain. Because guess what we know about our brain? Our brain will only give you the version of yourself that you currently are in. And unless you want to keep repeating Groundhog, unless you want to keep Groundhog Day in that version of yourself. That's the only version of yourself that your brain is going to give you. So when you're listening to your brain, you will be listening from your current version because that's the only thing your brain can give you. But when you tell your brain, this is what we're going to do. You tell your brain your possibilities. This is what we're going to create. Your brain has no idea what you're capable of. Stop asking your brain to give you evidence, to support you, to agree with you because it never will. Stop having one-sided conversations with your brain because if you do, it will give you a version that is only who you currently are because it doesn't have access to who you could be. That is on you, queen. Hope this helps. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to take thought work even deeper with me as your guide, opportunities to work with me one-on-one are available. Go to brigjohnson.com to schedule your own personal breakthrough call in 30 minutes we'll see if working together is a great fit Brickjohnson.com b-r-i-g-j-o-h-n-s-o-n see you next time